All right, y'all. Welcome back. Welcome back here to another episode of the Easy Money Sports Podcast. It's it's been a long time, long time coming, but we we back and because some are going crazy. So you know, what I'm saying we, just, <laughs> we we had to, we just had to, we had to get on. Of course, got my boy Dupree with me. What's going on? What's going on, Sanders? Like I said, long time. It's been a, it's been a little minute. Long time. Been man. a minute, man. Yo, yeah, it's, it's it's been crazy, bro. You know, of course, you know, transitioning and uh, you know, moving and stuff and getting everything together, bro. It's just you know, be, being an adult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> being an adult, really. That's 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 really it. Man, how how you living? I'm good, man. I'm doing good. Can't complain. I was able to uh, move. Move into my uh, my new spot and everything. So, getting the house situated and you know furniture and all that comes with it. Uh, so just getting settled in. It's been um, it's been an experience to say the least. But um, I'm move, <laughs> uh, basically all moved in now, so I can't complain. I'm just ready, ready for uh, August ninth, man. Ready, ready for the season. Ready for camp. So. Just getting getting everything set with that. Mm, yes, sir. Yeah, it's it's, it's uh, around this time of the year uh, for for sports fans. Uh, a lot of sports fans. It's it can be it can be tough for sure because you know basketball is wrapped up. Well, the NBA is wrapped up. Basketball isn't done. Uh, if you watch the WNBA, you can catch some good basketball with that too. Um, mm-hmm. The the NBA the NBA is done. Obviously, Golden State. Uh, defeated Boston in six games. Uh, for them to win their what is that fourth? Yeah, fourth title in like the yeah, last fourth. six seven years. Uh, so that that dynasty isn't isn't over. Uh, by any means. Uh, congrats, congrats to them. Steph Curry finally winning him a a Finals MVP, which uh, sure. I think that that submits him for me. That submits him into my top ten all time. Uh. I would, I would probably agree. right, probably like right at number ten. I don't, I don't know if I can still put him over some other people, but I, I think he stays put in my top ten. Um, I, I might take him over. Um, what's that man's name right now? Oh, Kevin. I might take him over Kevin right now because the way he acting, which <laughs> we're gonna get into it. <laughs> we're gonna get into it with him in a second. But um, of course. Uh, the NBA draft just got done as well with that, and, and, and you know, so right now it's just it's just that time for some people. They just like, man, I'm I'm, I'm itching. I don't know what to do, but you know, I, like we always say, there's really never uh, any off seasons anymore. Stuff just continues to really just continue, and it's just it's just moves is being made. So obviously, um, once once July gets here in the summer, uh, the NBA is always free agency and uh, free agent signings and trades and everything like that. Um, I'm just gonna go over a couple of notable uh, free agent signings um, that's 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 gone down. Um, Nikola Jokic, uh, the MVP, back to back MVP, got a big super max deal from the Nuggets, five years, two hundred and sixty four million. He getting paid. Oh yeah. Bradley Bill, Bradley Bill decided to opt out from from the Wizards, but went ahead and resigned again for. The Supermax as well. He got five years, 251 million to stay in DC. 
Um, Cat got a super max as well with the Wolves. Uh, four years, $231 million. Uh, same thing for John Moran in Memphis. Five years, $231 million. Zach Levine got a, 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 super, a max as well. Five years, $215 million to stay with the Bulls. Uh, man, uh, Darius Garland, he got him a, a super max as well. Rookie max uh, for five years, $193 million. Um, and I think the biggest shocker of all as far as uh, players getting max contracts, uh, our boy Zion Williamson getting the five-year <laughs> rookie max uh, for $193 million with incentives to end up being the $231 million max as well, which I think John, John Moran got that same deal too. Um, and now those are just a few that I'm pointing out. It's a few more that I got written down where a couple of guys um, – you know, betting on themselves and, and and made some money, making them some money too. But man, out of all those guys with the super, with the max, with the max deals, uh, I don't want to say nobody is not deserving of any money, because you know what I'm saying I, I'm all for anybody making their money, getting their bread for sure. Uh, but out of those, uh, which which ones out of those like those max deals that you looked at was like, you know, happy for them or kind of i don't want to say scratching your head but just like man well not to say what was they thinking but you know just kind of like you know how, how are you ranking all of the the, the supermax deals that have happened so far no i understand the, the question completely uh the head scratcher for me is zion williamson uh like you said i'm all for everybody making their money i don't want anybody if you get paid get paid whatever you got to do to Feed your family as long as it's legal. You know, you're not getting any trouble. I'm all for it. So the fact that he got paid um, and he's able to provide for his family is good. But Zion is not worth that max contract. I'm just, I'm sorry. He, he's been dealing with the injuries. He's been hurt. Um, he hasn't played a full season the past two years. I don't think he's played. 30 games in the past two years, maybe 30 games in the past two years. Them signing Zion to that super max. I get it. It's, it's off of potential. is based off of what he's, what uh, the superstar we believe that he could be. Um, I was have never been just a huge Zion Williamson fan. Uh, so the fact that the Pelicans, especially with everything that's going on, the fact that he's been hurt, to sign him to that max was was a head scratcher for me. Bradley Beal, Bradley Beal, not 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 that he isn't deserving of a max deal, a super max deal. It's him being back in Washington for me. I'm ready for. I was ready to see him out of Washington. So when he opted out, I was okay. Thank you. He's finally going to get out of Washington. They haven't given him any help. He hasn't had any help since John Wall got hurt and left. The Wizards haven't done anything to bring Bradley Bill anybody they brought. Russell Westbrook, and they tried that uh, for a season or whatever, and that didn't work. And I was just ready to see to see Bradley Bill, you know, get a shot with an actual contender because the boy can play ball. One of the best scores that the game has today. And he opted out, cool. And then you look up, and he signs the Supermax. 
right back with Washington. And I'm like, oh, come on, man. I, I get it, man. I get it. Get paid. If they're going to pay you, get paid. But I'm all for winning. You know, the reason why you get into the, you know, the guys get into the NBA is they, you know, you're getting paid, but you want to win. The ultimate goal is to win. When you get to that level, you get to the pros, the, the, it's win, 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 win. And so I just don't think he's going to win in, in Washington. He's just not going to win in Washington. So to see him sign for another five years with them and potentially, you know, in his career in Washington, not really having any real success uh, for me is, is definitely uh, – disheartening um, outside of that I really wasn't surprised by anybody else getting getting max deals um Darius Garland played well this year and he's probably the youngest out of the group to get his uh Chicago re-signed Zach Levine that was big for them I know Chicago was rolling up until the time that he got hurt they had some injuries here and there throughout the season including Levine so and he was a free agent so the fact that they were able to re-sign him it's a big deal as well. But the two I would go with is, is Williamson and, and Bradley Beal. Yeah, I mean, man, I, I'm right there with you with Bradley Beal because I'm like, yeah, when I saw the opt-out, I'm like, okay, he gonna, he's serious. He's going to leave D.C. He'll go somewhere else and, you know, get go to a good, like, contending team to where he can make them – a whole lot better. It could be that one piece that he is that's missing from that team to make him better. And then you like you see, you look up and he's like, resign with Washington for the then you think about it, I'm like, God damn, dude, that's like fifty mil a year he getting, bruh. Fifty M's. <laughs> I ain't even yeah. mad at you, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, damn, fifty M's, bro. Like, ah, oh, you know, at that point, it's just like, Yeah, at that point, I'm like, bruh, make your money, bro. Go ahead. Make your money, bro. Make your money, bro. I, I ain't even, you feel, I'm like, golly, go ahead, bro. I, I ain't even tripping. I mean, yeah, and of course, uh, the for sure, the, the, the Zion Max is kind of crazy because, you know, people were comparing it, you know, obviously, uh, it. I hate that this happens in sports to a certain extent, but that's just what it's going to be. Like, uh, you know, for example, uh, we, we look in the NFL, uh, 1998. We pay man and Ryan Leaf. Somebody's gonna be, you know, if somebody's gonna be paying, somebody's gonna be yep. Ryan Leaf. Uh uh 2007, um, NBA draft, Greg Oden, Kevin Durant. I mean, you know, it, Sam Bowie, Michael Jordan. You know what I mean? You know, it's like it's mm-hmm. it's, it's it's always gonna be that. And they're gonna make that comparison. Um, you know, as far as like players, especially, you know, who goes one and two a lot of times in the draft or, you know, in the in the, on the in that same draft class. And Zion and Jai is going to be compared side by side just because of how everything went, you know, in the draft and where they ended up in the, the time frame. So, of course, everybody's comparing it to the amount of games, excuse me, the amount of games that Jai has played compared to the amount of games of what Zion has played. And it's just like, damn, how can they get the same amount of money with the same type of contract? I mean, I yeah. honestly, I just really, I really think to a certain extent, the the Pelicans had no choice. Um, the the Pelicans kind of had no choice but to kind of give him that money, I guess, just to kind of you know what I'm saying. Because it's just, 
I, I guess kind of almost off of off of potential because we know like the kind of guy that he can be, the type of athlete, the type of basketball player he could be. Even though I'm, I'm me personally, I never was a big fan of Zion, um, just because of the con the concerns with the weight issues and on top of you know his outside perimeter shooting. Um, but of course, then he has those flashes where you know he. He makes a few jumpers in a row, and then he does these freakish athletic things, and you like, damn, I don't know nobody else in the league who could really do that outside of, you know, a, a couple of players. I mean, you know, maybe, you know, a, a Jai, a, a LeBron in his, in his prime, you know, a couple of others, and you're like, yeah, I don't know nobody else that could do it besides them, what Zion does. So it's just kind of like they kind of had to give him that money, I guess, just to make sure everything yeah. was good because if not, you know, of course – he probably was gonna be out of there, and if he, you know, better himself and he does what he's supposed to do, man, somebody's gonna give him that money anyway. But I don't know. I just, I do like the fact that there was an incentives involved in it, so that way it kind of uh, make him have to, you know, earn that that full two hundred thirty one million uh, for that rookie supermax. Um, that's cool, but yeah, that's that for sure. I know that's the one that everybody is looking at. Like, man, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, everybody else for sure deserved deserved their money. I mean, like I said, Jokic back to back MVPs. Uh, I mean, Cat, you know, Cat leading the, the Timberwolves to the playoffs. Uh, yeah, and then <laughs> what you said, Zach Zach Levine, Zach Levine, Darius Garland, all of, yeah, everybody else who got like max deals. I mean, even even Devin Booker, you know, he got paid pretty good too. Everybody who was getting those big yeah. deals, max deals, for sure deserved it. Um, I definitely have no problems with that. And then if you look at other some other free agent signings um that you know I I kind of looked at or you know talked about if you have a couple let me know. Um of course uh, uh Anthony Simons for the for the Blazers had a had a pretty good year this past year and he cashed out. He gets 4 years of 100 M's um to stay mm-hmm. with the Blazers. Um Jalen Brunson who had a, a a hell of a playoff series that uh that uh that first and second round um against uh who did they play the first round? Who did the Mavericks play first round? Oh, was it uh my gosh. Utah, Utah, Utah. Utah. Yeah. Yep. Had a hell a hell of a series against Utah, hell of a hell of a series against the Suns. Um mm-hmm. and of course the Knicks does New York Knicks things. Not no disrespect to Jalen Brunson, but you know, they give him four four years, 100, 110 million. So uh those guys kind of bet it on themselves. PJ Tucker getting three years, 31, 33 million, uh, to go from Miami to uh Philadelphia. So um those guys got some got some good deals and um you know, a couple of I me, mean, you know, a couple others. Bobby Porter's actually staying in, in Milwaukee. Uh, he getting forty four years, forty nine million. So you know, a lot of these guys out here, they they getting paid, bro. Uh, any any one of those free agent signings that you that you like, or you know, kind of looking at that's interested in, or some other ones that you might have seen so far that you interested in, is like kind of glad that they got their money and they 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 getting paid to go somewhere else and uh, bring their talents to that city. Uh, yeah, there's a couple. Uh, really, there's a couple. Um. Just moves I'm interested in just to see how it's going to work. Uh, one of the first ones that comes to my mind is John Wall to the Clippers. Um, yeah, I, I'm. 
I like John Wall. I liked him when he was in Washington. Uh, his injuries just, he got the injury bug bad and could never really get back. I'm very interested to see because the Clippers will be back. You'll have Paul George back healthy. Kawhi Leonard should be back healthy uh, with Ty Lue coaching. And then you bring someone with the cachet and at least the, the, the reputation of a John Wall. If you remember what he, you know, what he could do in his prime, just seeing what that, that LA Clippers team is going to look like. It's definitely um, interesting for me. That's one that I'll be looking at. Go to state signing uh, Kevin Looney. I think that was a good one. Then going to get Dante. Yeah. Then going to get Dante, uh, Devin Chinzo. That was another one that was pretty big. Um, Boston going to get Malcolm Brogdon. Now that right there, yeah. that move to me, maybe outside of Milwaukee, because we don't know what's going on with the Nets. But outside of Milwaukee, I think that that move going to get Malcolm Brogdon, if he can be the Malcolm Brogdon that was with the Bucks before he got hurt, Boston will be right back at the top of the East and be competing to go back to the final, if not being back in the finals. Um, I, oh, think yeah, Milwaukee, I think Milwaukee would be waiting on them this year, especially if they for you know, back to full health with, um, with uh, Middleton coming back. But going to get Malcolm Brogdon was huge because that's what they were missing. They knew they needed a point guard, someone a four general. And Marcus Smart is, is good. He's cool. I think they needed somebody just with a little more ball handling, floor generalship. Just yeah, yeah. More he, he's not. He's, he's not the true point guard. Yeah, he's yeah. not a true point guard. Just need that quintessential point guard. And I think Malcolm Brogdon, like I said, if he can play like he he did before he got hurt when he was in Milwaukee, I think that put Boston right back in the thick of things. Um, so those are a couple moves that I saw as far as this free agent signings. I know a couple of those might have been some trades as well. Um, there were some other teams that made some that made some moves. Uh, seems like my Hawks are shopping a little bit of everybody. They're there. They, mm-hmm. To their credit, they did say they're rebuilding the uh, the roster. There were going to be a lot of moves. I'm pretty sure they're not done. Um, also, I'm a, let's, I got to, we got to talk about this. And I know this is we're talking about free agency, but Utah traded Gobert to Talk about it. Minnesota. Talk about it. I don't know who I don't know who what I would say I believe I do know who loses the trade. In my opinion, who loses the trade. I don't get the 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 Rudy Gobert is a good basketball player. He's a good basketball player. But trading for him, giving away multiple first-round picks, and the players that Minnesota gave away for a center when Cat is supposed to be that guy, and you just paid Cat the super max. It's not like Cat isn't getting paid. Cat just got signed to the super max deal. And then you bring in a center to play next to him, I I, I just don't that that thought process. I just don't understand. I don't I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me. 
for Utah, to me, it makes sense because the whole deal in Utah was basically was looking like it was going to come down to either it's going to be Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert. And I'm pretty sure anybody in their right mind is taking Donovan Mitchell over Rudy right, Gobert. Easy, easy choice. Easy. <laughs> so I'm taking that every day and twice on Sunday. So easy. <laughs> because if you choose Rudy Gobert, well, then Donovan Mitchell is gone. Donovan Mitchell is out the door the first chance he gets. So for Minnesota, I don't get it. I I would imagine that with that move, they got to be making – there's got to be something else in play. I just don't see that working because then you're going to have Cat trying to bring the ball up the, uh, up the court like he's a point guard. Um, so that was one move that was very, very puzzling. Minnesota gave up way too much. Rudy Gobert. He's a good defensive player, but that's it. He's a good defensive player. You're not getting anything offensively out of Rudy Gobert. Defense and rebounding is his game. So I I don't know how you feel about that one, but that one for me is is a head scratcher. Oh yeah, that's that's my biggest head scratcher. When I saw the the trade to go down, I'm like they're trading Rudy to Minnesota. I'm like, uh, I mean, after that, I was just thinking like, I mean, obviously we knew like after, after Utah got eliminated in the first round, we were like, look, it's time to break that team up. Who they going to choose? They're going to choose Donovan or they're going to choose Rudy. And like you said, any, why, why would you not choose Donovan? So yeah. we knew the, the the breakup was going to happen. It was just trying to, I guess, trying to figure out who was who was in play, who was in suit to want to get, uh, to want to get Rudy. And I mean, I didn't think Minnesota was in the market for it to want to try to to get Rudy Gobert. Um, so yeah, it, it definitely puzzled me. And then, like you said, who they, what all they gave up for? I mean, that that was a lot. Malik Beasley, oh, yeah. Patrick Beverly. Uh, Walker Kessler, Jared Vanderbilt, and multiple first round picks. Not one, multiple. Multiple. I I mean, like, dude, if if it's kind of like what they mentioned on on NBA Today, um, the when the when the trade went down, uh, if that's all that's given up for Rudy Gobert, oh my, what what do you have to bring to try to get? <laughs> say a, a Kevin Durant, right? And then like, Jefferson said, "Friends." <laughs> you, you feel me, bro? You feel me? So it's like, yeah, that that shit was hilarious, bro. So I'm like, that that made, it had me ponder too, because I'm like, man, that that's a lot giving up for somebody who honestly all they can, you know, all they can do is just, I mean, rebound and defend. Which, I mean, don't get me wrong, you know, that that can get you paid. Shout out to my boy Lou Dort, the OKC. Yeah. Definitely got him a, a big contract for Jimmy. Yeah. He's he's got him better offensively anyway. So that's that's another story for another day. But um yeah, I was just like that's that's that was wild to me too, just to figure it out. Cause I didn't I'm trying to think like who I would want to be in the market to wanna, you know, to trade for Rudy Gobert to get that to where, you know, they're not asking him to like, of course, be the guy because I don't think he can or ever will be the guy on anybody's team, like to run through. So there's no way he could have thought that. Uh, they were gonna choose him over over Donovan Mitchell. I mean, golly, the, I mean, I, I if he was thinking that, I need to find out what he's sipping on, what he's smoking on, because 
The yeah, boy, he, he, is out the roof. He, you feel me? You feel me? I'm like, golly. <laughs> no way. But yeah, that one, that one, that one for sure scratched my head. Um, but you know, the the trade is done. But I, I'm right there with you going back to the, the Malcolm uh the Malcolm Brogdon trade. That's a good that was a good one for Boston, especially the fact that pretty much, you know, every time that you hear Boston and trade talks, you you always thinking that it could be that they're gonna give away somebody from their core. And then the fact that they still keep smart. Tatum Brown, you know, pretty much the core guys that's on the championship run. The guys that they gave up, I mean, Daniel Tice, Aaron Naismith, uh, you know, it's just kind of like no disrespect to them, but you know, obviously they wasn't even heavy in the rotation like that that really made mm-hmm. a difference. So the fact that they can get they they get Brogdon and don't give up any significant pieces um, was pretty cool uh, for for Boston. Um, and then to piggyback on you again with uh, all the moves that you know Atlanta made, trading away Kevin Herter, uh, making the trade for uh, Dejounte Murray. Um, that's that, I mean, how, how you how you how you feeling about the the, the Dejounte Murray trade? Like, do you do you feel like that was a lot given up as well, or you just you just gotta kind of gotta live with it to to figure out what you know to get? I guess you know to bring Dejounte over to Atlanta. He gave up a lot. Uh, the whole, I mean, as far as those picks, he did give up. He did give up a lot, but the Hawks needed another. They needed another ball handler. They needed somebody else that could play on the ball, go get their own shot. Um, that's what Atlanta was lacking. Um, we had shooters, had a lot of shooters. The Hawks did, but just we need, the Hawks need somebody else that could get their own shot. It makes something happen off the dribble, and we just didn't have that. Um, you hope that DeAndre Hunter continues to develop. Um, we'll see what happens as far as if they move John Collins or Clint Capella or you know whoever it may be. Um, but that move with DeJounte Murray is a big one to have him next to Trey Young in that in that backcourt is going to be huge. Because now Trey Young can play off the ball some, and you can almost kind of use him, not calling him Steph Curry before anybody tries to uh, <laughs> call me insane or whatever. But Steph Curry esque in the sense of running screens for him, running him through screens, through these picks and everything, and getting him open shots where he can catch and shoot instead of having to create his own shot off the dribble. So I think it'll, I think it'll work out. We'll see what other moves the Hawks make, but I know the city is excited to have him there. The city is excited. Just talking to uh, friends and family that are still down there, the city is excited to have DeJounte Murray down there. So, And then uh, quickly, quickly with, with Golden State, and then we'll move on. Obviously, uh, you would, I, you, I think they would have always would have loved to kind of keep everybody um, – from the, from the championship run in the court, but obviously they had to make a decision between it seemed like between Kevin Looney and and Gary Payton the second, and they went with Kevin Looney because uh, Gary Payton is going to I want to say is it Portland I think he's going to yeah he's going to Portland little, yeah Portland on a little two year deal, but they 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 kept Kevon Looney um, for uh, three years twenty five and a half million. Um, obviously, I think. If you honestly, if you ask me, if I was Golden State between Kevon Looney and, and, and GP, no disrespect, but I think I would have went with Looney too. I feel like he was a little bit more vital and more important 
to their championship run than than, than Gary Payton was, um, obviously. But I think that's big that uh, they were able to at least you know keep him in the in the in the, uh, in the court for the for for them to you know try to repeat and go back again. How do you feel about that? What Golden State did? I think that was good. I agree with you that I would have, if I had to pick between Gary Payton and Kevon Looney, I would have went ahead and re-signed Kevon Looney. What he did from midway that Memphis series on, uh, what he did for that for that team, that playoff run was, you couldn't you can't ignore that what he was able to do, just a rebound in the defensive presence that he possessed. Offensive rebounds, defensive rebounds, just everything that he was able to do. And Gary Payton definitely played a significant role. I know he got hurt in the middle of that Memphis series and wasn't able to come back until a little later on in the playoffs. But them being able to get and keep Kevon Looney was definitely big. Like you said, you would like to keep everybody. You, I'm pretty sure they would like, love to hold on to Gary Payton Jr. Um, I know they lost uh, Damian Lee, too. So, you know, you love to hold on to a couple of these guys, but they'll, the Warriors will, they'll figure it out. They'll be okay. You know, you still have Andrew Wiggins. He's still there, who's a great on-ball defender, which is really what Gary Payton Jr. was. He's just a, a, another great on-ball defender. But you still have Andrew Wiggins. You imagine that Klay Thompson will continue to get better. He'll get more and more healthy. So he'll be able to do his and get uh, potentially get back into his his form as far as the uh, on ball defending goes. So I think the Warriors would be fine. We'll see what else they they're liable to make a move. <laughs> they're liable to make a move. Uh, they already made one, like I said, with Dante DeVincenzo, but they're likely to make another move. They'll they'll have everybody scratching their head because they're trying to figure out how they got you know said player or said person or whatever. So. Yeah, yeah, they they probably will know them. But uh, Bob Myers is a mastermind for sure. He's him, Sam Presi, but uh, those those dudes are freaking geniuses for sure. Uh, and he wants to win. Head scratchers, huh? I said, yeah, he wants to win. Yeah, yeah, they want they want to win. They want to win for sure. But speaking of head scratchers, and well, I don't only know if you when you want to call this a head scratcher. I think this one is more mind blowing than anything. Is What's going on in Brooklyn? Uh, <laughs> so obviously, <laughs> the, you know, there's the 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 murmurs going around of what what Kyrie Irving was going to do, um, because obviously Brooklyn wasn't thinking about trying to give him a mass contract, which I, I don't I don't I don't blame them for not wanting to do that, just because you just never know what you're going to get from him as far as off the court, not not on the court, um, as far as like being a distraction or anything like that, but. He go Kyrie goes in and, and opts back in to the uh to his, you know to his, to his opt in to his player option for Brooklyn. So kind of gives up maybe gives the notion that he's uh cool with being in Brooklyn and staying in Brooklyn. But then that happens, and then all of a sudden, shockwaves just go through the world, and Kevin Durant <laughs> requests a trade. Uh, so of course now at that point everyone is trying to see what they can do um, to to land this, and then he makes his top two destinations the two teams who were both one season each conference respectively, and that's Miami and Phoenix. 
<laughs> bro, what is what's what's up with what's up with this dude? Number one, <laughs> and then number two, I don't. Do you who who do you think are like legit suitors that who really could probably for real pull this trade off? Because I know Brooklyn at this point is going to want to say, look, bro, if y'all going to want to trade and want to make a trade for Kevin Durant. Y'all gotta give me something good because I'm not finna y'all not finna try to fleece me out of picks or you know giving me some garbage and y'all get Kevin freaking Durant. I, I need something for real for real back. So bruh, yeah, just just you know what I'm saying. Vent on how you feeling on this, bro. Cause right now, bro, I, I don't like bro, he hell of a basketball player, once in a generation kind of basketball player, bro. But th- this shit right here, bro, is I am befuddled. You feel me? Like I can't, bro. I I don't know how much more I can try to like respect this dude, bro. Like I don't I don't mind asking. It's I don't mind about the trade request, but I'm just like you. You talking about you want to go to Phoenix and Miami? <laughs> but yeah, yeah bro, it's. I, it's <laughs> I don't blame him. For one and out of Brooklyn, for the simple fact of everything that's been going on with with Kyrie, and I mean, really, just since him, Kyrie, and James all got to Brooklyn, it just has not worked. Last year, mm-hmm. you know, Kyrie didn't play most of the season. Um, James Harden ended up getting hurt throughout uh, the playoffs ended up getting hurt. And so KD was kind of left by himself. Kyrie was able to come back a little bit. Uh, and then this year, you know, still dealing with Kyrie and James Harden, requests a trade during the middle of the season. So he leaves. And then right before all this happened, Kyrie was basically saying he was wanted out and wanted a trade, wanted to go somewhere else. Potentially everybody kept talking about the Lakers. And then decides, you know what, now nah, I'm a Opt in with Brooklyn. I don't blame KD for saying, you know what, it's too much going on. I do like I don't know what Kyrie is trying to do. I don't know if he's going. He could switch up and say he wants a trade. He's even though he's opting in, like you just never know. So the uncertainty in that franchise, I don't blame KD for you know one one and out. But then you can't turn around and say, and I know Miami has always been a a organization where that he's been interested in even when he was a free a couple the couple times he was a free agent it was looking like Miami was one of those top one of those top uh, teams on his list of destinations he would like to go to so Miami doesn't surprise me but the fact that you want to go like you said like you mentioned to the two top seeds (laughs) in each conference that's 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 tough that's a very tough thing to 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 pull off if you're Brooklyn, because who are you? Who are you giving up to get KD um, to Phoenix or to Miami? I believe that Miami might be a little bit easier than Phoenix. Phoenix really doesn't have a lot to really play ball with. They got some pieces, they got some guys, but I think if you give up a majority of those pieces that I feel Phoenix would have to give up. I don't know if you are back as the number one seed in the West or even if you're uh, 
let alone getting back into the finals. Miami might have a little bit more where if they give up a couple of those guys, they they might be able to hold on to enough to where they can still compete, be a top seed in the East, compete to get back to get back to the finals and everything. Um, if you made me decide, if you made me choose Miami, is KD going to end up in Miami or Phoenix or the field? So Miami and Phoenix versus the field, I'll probably say the field. <laughs> I would probably say the field um, if I was a betting man. But I don't. I don't know, man. I, I, it's tough. I. I don't. I'm lost for words. I really don't. I'm, I'm glad that um, <laughs> he's not in Atlanta. Um, all he had to do was stay at Oklahoma City, and maybe some of this wouldn't be going on. Or really, he could have just stayed with Golden State. Golden State, yeah. <laughs> and he could have stayed in Golden State as well. I get it. You got to make decisions. You got to make those decisions that are that you feel are best for you and what you want to do career-wise. But it's uh, it's tough. <laughs> they they got it. Um, Brooklyn has their hands full. I know they, they didn't sign up for this. I know they didn't expect this when when they brought KD and Kyrie and then eventually uh, James Harden. And now they got Ben Simmons. And, <laughs> and my like Ben Simmons might right. be. Yeah. Right. How, you think, how you think he feel? <laughs> right. How you think he feel? That's was, was like, bro. I don't know. Ben Simmons is, I, you know, I, I don't know how he feels. Tough. I don't know. It's, you know, it's, it's all bad right now. <laughs> it's all bad right now in Brooklyn. So um, we'll see. We'll see. There's, something is going to happen, though. I, I would imagine. I would imagine that KD is going to end up out of Brooklyn. They're going to make a trade. They're going to make a trade. So it's going to have to be a at so least a three fourteen trade. Okay, yeah. I was just about to ask you that. I was like, I, I think that's what's going to happen too. It's going to have to end up being like a three fourteen trade, so where somebody else can get involved, to so where Brooklyn can actually for real get some some actual pieces. And some draft picks or something to to compensate for for all of that. But I was just gonna add and another thing I was gonna ask was do you think so do you 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 think a a, a Kevin Durant trade is more likely to happen more than Kyrie Irving getting traded? Mm. Or or do you think they both gone and Brooklyn's just gonna start over from scratch and try to build around somebody else? Plus business. To be honest with you, I think I think both of them are gone. Yeah. I think both of them are gone. I think they'll. I think Brooklyn end up finding a way to get both of them out of there. I think they'll find a way to get both of them traded. Will it be to their desired destinations? I'm not too sure about that, but I do think um, they'll find a way to get a deal done with both of them. If, I, if I'm Brooklyn, if I'm that, somebody in that front office, as as good as those two guys are. It's, it's just been too much. It's just been too much, and, and it's not working. It's not working. Yeah. So, so I, I think, um, I think Kyrie to LA is gonna happen, bro. I, I would. I think it's gonna I happen. wouldn't doubt it. I think Kyrie to LA is gonna happen. I, I, I feel stronger about a Kyrie trade right now than a KD trade. Like to get, I, okay. I'll say this to get to get done faster. I think a Kyrie trade would happen okay. before a KD trade. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if 
KD trade went down before Kyrie's, if if anything even happens. But I, I believe that uh I believe that a Kyrie trade will happen before a KD trade just because I think it's kind of easier. I think it'll be it's a little bit. I think it's a little bit more easier to kind of move Kyrie than it is KD, um, just because I, I think you know Brooklyn is just is just tired of his shit. You know, essentially, yeah. like, and uh, but I think the only way that can happen is I think the only way that can happen is is that uh, even though uh, Russell Westbrook opted in with his forty seven million dollar contract with the Lakers. Uh, I, I think it has some. I think they have to. They have to move him. That's the only way it can work. Is that moving? Yeah, moving Russell Russell Westbrook. Which the they state what are, what they're saying is is the talks is kind of heating up for sure. Um, about that to trying to see to where they can try to get Kyrie and Russell in somewhere dealing in that trade, which. That might have to take a, a three-team trade as well. You know, I don't know. Brooklyn gonna have to make a a, a shit ton of phone calls here over these Man. next couple of months just to figure out, you know, what's what what, what to do. Um, but I, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I I think it's for for Kyrie. I think it's L.A. versus L.A. L.A. versus the field. I'm going L.A. Uh, with KD as far as Phoenix on Miami versus the field. Um, I'm, I'm gonna be right there with you. I'm going with the field as well because Brooklyn already told Phoenix, "Look, if you ain't putting Devin Booker in that package, don't even call." So, That's a wrap. yeah, and I, and I, you know, I'm obviously Phoenix don't want to, don't want to do that. I think that'd be crazy to trade Devin Booker, uh, but you, I don't know. Crazier things have happened <laughs> uh, in this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, la- la- last, last thing on the NBA situation and with, with Brooklyn. Uh, you agree with what Tim Blakely said on on um, ESPN as well? This is definitely have to be the, the worst experiment, the worst thing that ever happened, like worst failure ever. Like I mean, because obviously there, there's a, there's a ton of them that you can look at. There's there's Houston when they tried to do with with Barkley and Pippen and Elijah One and Drexler when they were like all super old. Obviously, the Lakers tried to do it in '04 with Malone and Peyton. Um, they tried to do it again. What they got going on right now with Russell and LeBron and AD. Um, Brooklyn tried to do it before with KG and Pierce, and then we got this. Dude, I does the situation here where they had arguably three of the best offensive players ever to play the game of basketball with Kyrie, KD, and James Harden, and if it, it's just miserably feel like the, the, that that has to be for sure the worst. Failure to like ever happen, right? Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. If you remember, if you remember Sanders, when all of this first started, when Brooklyn got Kevin Durant and then Kyrie joined them, and ultimately James Harden joined the Nets. If you remember, when we did a show and we talked about this whether it was going to be finals or bust. I believe through right. that first year, was it going to be finals right. or bust for Brooklyn? And we both said, yes, it was going to be finals or bust. And it's been like that since. It, it, the, the, the standard hasn't changed. All three of those guys have been there for the past two years. And they made the playoffs. Obviously, last year they were a higher seed, but this past season they were a seventh seed in the East. 
And I know Kyrie not being there didn't help. And then James Harden ultimately getting traded didn't help. But that's part of why this is one of the biggest <laughs> failures or experiments, however you want to put it together, however you want to, whatever you want to call it, really ever that I've seen and I've been alive to see. You don't get three guys like that of that caliber and not even have a finals appearance to show for it. The fact that they don't even have a final, I mean, an Eastern Conference Finals appearance to show for it. They even make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, it's, it's, that was bad. That was bad. And now you're looking at potentially all three of them being gone out of Brooklyn with nothing to show for it. It's definitely, definitely, definitely the worst ex- experiment in NBA history. You don't have three guys of that. You have, Two MVPs and a third guy who could probably be a league MVP. Who's one of the, I mean, just people say box office or whatever you want to call Kyrie. I mean, you got two MVPs and Kyrie Irving on the same team and you don't even have an Eastern Conference Finals appearance to show for it. That kind of speaks for itself. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I it's... It's bad. I mean, it's, it's bad for real. Yeah. Just, I mean, I, I hate that they could never pull it together. I, I really do. I really yeah. hate that they could, like, for real pull it together. And it's just. I would love to see it. I would love to see it. It's, it's, it's tough. Oh, no. It's disappointing. It's disappointing for sure. Yeah, it's, it's 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 definitely disappointing. Um, but interesting to see what's gonna happen with that, and obviously, everyone's gonna be on the lookout, just trying to figure out. That's that's gonna be a daily thing, pretty much trying to figure out what news is going on. A lot of rumors, a lot of reports. Just it's, it's gonna be a lot just to figure out what actually happens before NBA season comebacks and and tip off again. Um, and. With it now being July as well, it's, it's really cranking up and it's starting to crank up here in the NFL as well. Uh, OTAs have been done. The draft has concluded. Um, free agency has been done. And now we're like, what about what, three weeks maybe away from certain teams, two, three weeks away from teams reporting to training camp here? Um, no, not too it's, far. It's, not too far away. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, starting, it's, it's starting to crank up for sure. Um and obviously you know the 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 champs aren't crowned aren't crowned you know during this time of the year on paper and everybody looks good but you know obviously a lot of different teams make splash moves big moves trade moves or free agency signings and everything like that um but we just want to get into now give me give me five teams that you're interested in right now. Uh, heading into training camp, uh, just just give me five. Give me your five right now. Who you kind of like peeking to see? Not necessarily like uh, you know how well they're fair, but just kind of like the situation that they got going on. What's like the teams that's interesting you that you kind of looking at to see what happens to them? Just five. So the first one I would say is the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. I 
I'm a Justin Herbert fan. I really, really, really like Justin Herbert. And the fact that they blew their chance last year to make it to the playoffs um, was definitely how, how it happened was definitely puzzling. I didn't understand it. Um, but I think the Chargers have the roster and have the talent to make some noise. You're talking with Justin Herbert, who's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, and then the guys they have on defense. You have Joey Bosa. You have Derwin James. They just signed J.C. Jackson, so he's coming in. So he'll help with on the back end of that defense as well. Uh, they just they have a lot of pieces, and uh, I want to see that team in the playoffs. I just want to see what Justin Herbert does when he gets to the playoffs. So I'm, I'm really interested in going in the training camp, seeing what what the Chargers look like. I'll keep it out there in the AFC West, the Las Vegas Raiders. That's another team. Um, them going out and getting the uh, Devontae Adams was a big. Big, big, big get for them. Um, I think that makes them, that puts them right there in the thick of winning that AFC West. Um, they just made the playoffs last year, so you get, in my opinion, the best receiver in football back with his college quarterback. Look for the Raiders to make a little bit of noise. Another team that I'm kind of looking at just to see maybe just from uh, maybe not so much from a fan standpoint we're just kind of seeing how this all works out it's Cleveland everything that's going on with with Deshaun Watson um, how is that going to work you know Baker Mayfield is still on the roster so is the league going to end up suspending Deshaun Watson how long are they going to suspend him now they, you know, Odell is gone. Jarvis Landry is now gone. They were able to sign Jadavion Clowney back, but what's that? What does that whole dynamic look like in Cleveland? What do the Browns look like going into training camp? How do they fare? Indianapolis is another one. Sending off, you get Matt Ryan. You get a quarterback that, at least on paper should be able to come in and be better than Carson Wentz from last year. So with that talent that they have on defense, Jonathan Taylor, as your running back, you're able to get him a quarterback who has consistently thrown for 4,000 yards plus in his career. So seeing what Indianapolis looks like. And another team, I got to go with the defending champs. Got to go with the Rams. Mm. Are they going to sign? Are they going to sign Odell Beckham Jr. back? Are they not? Obviously, you went out and you got Allen Robinson. But what does that team look like? How do they fare? What do they look like coming out of the gate? Um, the Rams is another team. You always got to take a look and take a peek into the defending champs and just see what they look like headed into training camp. So those are my five. You got the Las Vegas Raiders, the Los Angeles Rams and Chargers, Cleveland Browns, and Indianapolis Colts. Ah mm, uh, man, I, I I like those I like those five for sure. Uh, the the but yeah, Cleveland situation is definitely one to look at. Uh, for me, my five. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna start off with the AFC West team as well. But I'm I'm gonna go with the Denver Broncos. Um, obviously they get the the 
the they get the big trade to go down to get Russell Wilson um to come over to Denver. Obviously, uh the thing with that is is we've been saying a lot of people have been saying um kind of putting Denver like in that same situation with uh as you mentioned the Colts. Um, you know, you, you know, a pretty good roster, great defense, running backs, receivers. Just hadn't been able to find anybody to be stable at the quarterback position since Peyton Manning retired. Um, now they got that in Russell Wilson. And I mean, you know, a lot of people are kind of, um, you know, trying to give Broncos a lot of praises. Um, but, you know, we, we don't know yet. You know, we don't know yet. Uh, outside of Russell Wilson, who else is proven, like, you know, on that roster? Uh, yeah. Just, you know, kind of interested to see about that what they'll do, um, how he'll pair up well with Jerry Judy and, and, and uh, Courtland Sutton. Um, and obviously, you know, he got Javante Williams back there in the backfield with them. Um, just going to be interested to see about it. Which that whole AFC West is going to be interesting to see anyway. Uh, I can't wait till we uh, end up eventually talking about them. We, they might need a whole they might need a whole episode by themselves <laughs> for us to talk mm-hmm. about the AFC West. But Denver, Denver is definitely one I'm looking at. Um, and then uh, I'm going to go with um, after Denver, I'm going to another team I'm looking at um, the Eagles, the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I knew that obviously was coming. they make the yeah they make the big they make the big uh, they make the big draft trade with uh, the Titans to get uh, to get AJ Brown. Um, they pay him what he was pretty much, I guess, kind of asking for that Tennessee wasn't willing to pay him. Uh, thanks, Christian Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, but, you know, now, obviously, you know, everybody is kind of looking at Philly to say that they should be the team to be in the NFC East, but they haven't won the division since, uh, I think, uh, the year they won the Super Bowl. Um so yeah, yeah, that was you know, which is about about four years ago now. So they, you know, they haven't won the division. It's been it's been Dallas's division, I think, ever since then. I think Washington might have had it one year. Um, but you know, every you know, everybody's trying to see, you know, they they uh you know made a a lot of good a lot of good draft picks. To, uh see see how they're gonna go. I think that's gonna be that's another team I'm looking at interested to see. Um and then another team out uh in the NFC West, um, I'm looking at uh, what is this? this team number three? I'm on, yeah, number three. Uh, I'm gonna go on um, the Arizona Cardinals. Um, okay, obviously, you know, it's it's which is this has been the case for them the past couple of years with Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. They start out pretty hot, um, but by like by game nine, game 10, somehow the team's teams has figured them out. Uh, injuries happen, and then next thing you know, they just kind of sputter in. Like last year, they were luckily enough to sputter in and still get in the playoffs, but obviously Kyler Murray did not perform well in that wild card matchup against the Rams. And, uh, you know, he felt some type of way, and there's this, you know, talks going on whether if he wants to still be there or not, and the general front office want to give him those long-term contract if he's the franchise quarterback of the future. Um, just, you know, a lot of interesting things going on there. Uh, you know, kind of off the field. And I just want to know how they're going to, you know, rebound from the last time that we saw them. Um, and then another uh, NFC team I'm going to look at, uh, I, I hate that I'm about to mention them, but on paper, they just, they they do sound pretty impressive. And that's the, that's the New Orleans Saints. No. Uh, <clears throat> I know, I know, but <laughs> re- Obviously, you know, going ahead and re-signing Jameis Winston, which I think that was a pretty good move for them. 
Um, they end up getting Tyra Matthew, uh, Jarvis Landry. They're getting Michael Thomas back. They draft Chris Olave. Obviously, the defense is solid. Uh, they stick with Dennis Allen to be their coach after Sean Payton is leaving. Um, and, you know, I think, obviously, if Jameis doesn't tear his ACL – Instead, and for them to still muster up nine wins after he tears his ACL, uh, just talks about how good that roster really is. Unfortunately, I hate that I'm saying that, but it's it's yeah. it's the truth. Um, just interesting to see that. And then, um, my last team that I want to look at is funny. You talk about the Super Bowl champions. I'm gonna go with the runner-ups. I'm going to the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, as as you know, when you go on these runs. Um, sometimes you just got to take advantage of those runs. Like when Milwaukee did it the year before last in the, the, the 2021 season or the 2020, 2020, yeah, the 2021 season, uh, that they did last year as far as like going on their run and what they had to do to get their championship. So, you know, sometimes you got to get a get, sometimes you got to get a little, uh, get a little lucky. And I mean, let's think about it, you know, in their own division, just think about the, the luck. That it, that it took. I mean, everybody, Baltimore at, at one point had me and you on their roster because they were just decimated with injuries before week five. Yeah, uh, Lamar never took the ball, just, though. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hollywood was too busy. Hollywood was too busy dropping them. Uh, ooh, sorry. Sorry, Eli. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you'll be all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, um, yeah, you know, the Ravens got decimated with injuries. Uh, obviously, the Steelers, you know, their roster, they were winning in spite of having Ben Roethlisberger still at quarterback. And then, you know, Cleveland was going through what they were going through. So, you know, that that helps with Cincinnati winning the division. Um, and then you get to the playoffs and obviously, you know, um, beating, beating the Raiders, which I think I kind of saw them beating the Raiders. But, you know, they gave up nine sacks against the Titans. But obviously, the Ryan Tannehill game is what that's going to be ever ever known as is how bad he played and then you know they they go past and, and beat the pretty much the the kings of the afc recently here in the chiefs um and if it wasn't just i mean you know we know how bad that offensive line was last year i mean they weren't like they weren't super bad but they were just bad at times and it kind of goes back to when we were watching the draft last year and we saw them draft jamar chase and we were like Man, I know that's good because of the LSU connection between Burrow and Chase, but they really needed somebody to protect in that offensive line. And it showed when they finally went against someone who they really couldn't block in the Rams and they couldn't get Aaron Donald when it was time for the offensive line to like muster up and get everything together. They couldn't yeah. get it done. And, you know, and obviously we know now that uh, Jamar was actually wide open down the field. If Burrow gets an, another half a second, they might be the champions instead of the Rams. And, you know, it's the other way around, mm-hmm. but it is what it is. Um, it's just, you know, wondering what, what would they do? You know, what would they do to, um, to, uh, to get back? And, you know, it's, it's, it's hard getting to the, it's hard getting to the playoffs. It's hard winning the game yep. in the NFL. Getting back to the Super Bowl is even, even more crazy. I mean, I, I'll just go back from the last 10 years. Now, luckily here, the, the trend has changed, but, you know, there was always this Super Bowl <laughs> jinx, this this Super Bowl jinx, this Super Bowl like hangover of the runner up not even making uh the playoffs. But the, the trend has changed here in the last like ten years. Um, but there's there's you know, there there's a lot of stuff that 
has gone down. So let's go 2012, the super, uh, runner-up 49ers. The next year, they go 12-4, so they make the playoffs. Uh, Denver, 2013, makes the playoffs the next year, 12-4. Seattle, they make the playoffs at 10-6. But then 2015, you got the Panthers. Um, they missed the playoffs, go 6-10. The Falcons, the next year, go 10-6, make the playoffs. Uh, the Patriots, the next year, they won the Super Bowl. The Rams in 2018 missed the playoffs the next season. The 49ers the next year missed the playoffs um, the next season. And then Kansas City, obviously, you know, they still made it. So the trend here has has gone in the opposite way here recently. But normally it had been before that, like, man, if the team went to the Super Bowl and it was a runner-up the next year, it was pretty much hard for them to make the playoffs just because, mm-hmm. I don't know, if it's more so just, you know, trying to force their way. So, you know, they were so close. They want to make sure they get back to it. And they're, like, pressing the issue. Um, but I really just want to see what's going to happen with, with Cincinnati going into training camp. Hopefully that, you know, that O-line gets shored up, which I think they addressed it in the offseason and everything, which we'll uh, kind of go into details with division by division, uh, you know, in future episodes to um, to talk about them more so. But those, those are my five teams right there. Like the Cardinals, uh, the Bengals, the Eagles, the Saints, and the Broncos. Just I'm kind of real interested um, in those teams. Um, and then speaking of all the division winners, so, of course, you know, the division winners from last year, we had the Bills, the Bengals, the Titans, the Chiefs, and the AFC. And then the NFC, there was the Cowboys, the Packers, the Buccaneers, and the Rams in the NFC. Do you think what teams have a chance – of repeating um, as division champions again, and who do you think are not going to be division champions possibly this upcoming season? I think the Bills will repeat as divisional champs. I believe the Bills will win the AFC East again. To be quite honest with you, and I believe the uh, the Packers, the Packers, I guess I would give them the upper hand in that division still. Um, I don't know who Aaron Rodgers is going to throw the ball to now. Um, the next the next best team in that division would be, in my opinion, would be Minnesota. I just don't – Kirk Cousins, I just don't trust Kirk Cousins. But outside of – if I had to, you know, outside of the Bills and the Packers, I think every other team – has the potential to lose their division. Every other team. We go down the line. Cincinnati, Baltimore, with expecting them to be healthy, Baltimore is going to be right there. Them getting Marcus Peters back, them getting their running backs back, Lamar Jackson being healthy, I think Baltimore will be right there to challenge Cincinnati for that divisional crown in the AFC North. I believe I picked Indianapolis to win the division last year. In the AFC South, I believe, with the addition of Matt Ryan, that'll help them uh, give a, have a more balanced attack on offense and not have to rely so heavily on Jonathan Taylor. So the Titans are not safe. In the West, AFC West, I mentioned the Chargers and the Raiders and two of my five teams. I think both of those teams that you mentioned, Denver, that division is going to be insane. That division is going to be wild from top to bottom. I don't know who's going to win that division. 
Kansas City will probably be the favorite, but all that's free for all. All four of those teams have the potential of winning the AFC West. Then you stay out there in the West with the Rams in the, a, in the NFC West. I think the 49ers will be right back there. I can't trust the Cardinals. I just can't trust them. Like you said, they start off hot and then they find a way to uh, lose lose that swag, lose that pr- productivity in the later half of the season. But San Francisco will be right back there with the Rams. I think that, unfortunately, New Orleans will be um, tough in the NFC South. I think they have a good chance of winning that division over Tampa Bay. And then another one of your teams, the Eagles. I think the Eagles, with the addition of A.J. Brown, being able to play on the other side of Devontae Smith, I think that opens up their offense a whole lot more. That opens up the passing game um, for uh, Jalen Hurts, for him to be able, not only to be able to throw the ball, but also be able to use his legs and run the football as well. So I think that the Cowboys have run the risk of losing that division. So I think all of them are up for grabs like outside of two. Really, I have Buffalo locked in as a shoe-in. Green Bay is kind of, I'm kind of iffy on. I just don't see anybody in that division really, really giving them a hard time. But every other division is up for grabs. Mm. Yeah, I'm uh I'm right there with you uh to to a certain extent. Uh I'm I'm definitely uh, I'm, I'm definitely locking down Buffalo. I don't I don't think uh I mean a, like Miami has done some stuff on paper, but you know, do we trust Tua? We're still waiting on that. I don't know. Um but I'm definitely locking down Buffalo. Uh I'm how I'm, how you feeling about the AFC West and the NFC North with the Packers and Chiefs? This is what I'm feeling. I'm I'm giving the Packers and the Chiefs both uh, the same treatment. I'm gonna give them the same treatment. I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt until someone comes in and dethrone mm-hmm. them and take it from them. They win in the division. Like I I okay. understand what the Chargers I understand what the Chargers have done, what the Raiders did with the whole AFC West definitely made moves. And I get it. Uh, Tyreek Hill being gone kind of does alleviate that actual deep threat, but that's just that's. I mean, I know that's one person, and that's gonna be hard to replace. But they do got a nice core of receivers. It's you know getting Juju there, and they drafted Scott Moore. There's still Travis Kelsey there. I mean, I still think that and, and Patrick Mahomes is as long as one five is back there and, and playing quarterback. The Chiefs has the West until someone takes it from them. And the same thing I feel about the Packers and the NFC North. Until one of them teams come in there and take it from them, I'm still trusting Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, the receiver that they drafted. I can't even think his name right now. Golly, I'm having a brain. I can't remember. Uh, yeah, I am too. Anyway, he's a to me, he's a dark horse for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, I don't think he's a favorite, but for me, he's a, he's a dark horse for Offensive Rookie of the Year. But until those teams come in and th- th- throne them too, I'm still taking Green Bay. I'm still taking Kansas City. So that for the AFC West and the NFC North, respectively. Uh, I'm right there with you with the NFC South. I think New Orleans is probably going to take it this year, uh, and I think the Eagles will probably they should take the NFC East. But we'll see. Um, and is definitely going to, and the AFC South is definitely going to be between the Colts and the Titans. And I think now the fact that the Colts have 
Matt Ryan in at quarterback. Um, as long as everything else stays the course, I think it is for uh, the coast to have. But uh, the rest of the divisions are kind of they are up for grabs. The AFC North is up for grabs uh, for sure. We, we just we just don't know. But I think but I'm definitely Christian Watson. Yes, there we go. I I think that's a dark horse for offensive rookie of the year. Um, so, but yeah, until until they come in and dethrone them. I'm still taking the Packers and the Chiefs respectfully in their division. So I'm locking in Bills, Chiefs, Packers. Everything else is up for grabs for sure. Oh, and the Rams and the NFC West. I think they got it too. Uh, 49ers can challenge them too, but it, it'll be Trey Lance's first year, full year starting. You know, we really don't know what they expect, but we'll see. But Rams, Bills, Chiefs, Packers, have, I'm, I'm locking those in. Until otherwise, the rest of them are up for grass, and, and we'll see. Um, lad, one of the last few things here before we go ahead and wrap it up. Um, so what we'll do is each time that we'll try to do an episode from here on out until maybe the season starts, we'll try to do a, a division preview for each division just to kind of talk about the uh, the moves they made and everything and how they're looking and obviously kind of just um, pick – who we think, uh, you know, the division order, basically, we'll just do it that way. And I just thought we'd go easy and go ahead and do the AFC East because we already said that the Bills is going to win it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we'll, we'll start off with them. Let's go to the AFC East. So, of course, the Bills went 11-6 last year, got the, got the AFC title for the second straight year. Um, obviously, the, the, their big ass that they added in, they, they signed Von Miller, um, they improved on the offensive line, getting Roger Saffold from the Titans. They got O.J. Howard in as well. Um, of course, they lose. Uh, they lost Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders. Um, but then they drafted pretty well, too, their first couple of draft picks, drafting um, Kyrie Elam from Florida and, and James Cook from Georgia uh, within the first two rounds. Um, obviously, we, we won't spend too much time on the Bills. They, they're the team to beat in the AFC East, correct? Oh, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Ooh. They're, they're moving on. Yeah, we'll, we'll just go ahead and move on then. So then uh we got the Patriots. Okay, last year they finished 10 and 7. Um they got Mac Wilson in the trade, uh brought back Mal- Malcolm Butler, got in Jabril Prepper, Jabril Peppers, um, got Devontae Parker in the trade as well. But obviously the big loss, JC Jackson, uh Shaq Mason mm-hmm. is no longer on our offensive line as well. Um and then you know they didn't really do much either in the draft. I mean, they 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 drafted on the offensive line and took Cole Strange from UT Chattanooga, um, and then took Tyquan Thornton from Baylor. But other than that, really didn't do anything to kind of just help um, Mac Jones like that. Are you are you concerned for the Patriots? Like, are they still in contention like for the playoffs, or do you think they they might end up having to take a step back like they had to do in twenty twenty? I think they'll still be able to make a run for the playoffs. I was able to go and then check them out a little bit earlier this summer. Mm-hmm. I think that the Patriots will be able to still contend. I don't think they'll win the AFC East, but to get in as a wild card, I think they still could be in that hunt. Where they make it, I don't know because you have a lot of teams, and we'll talk about the AFC West on these episodes. We still have all the teams in the AFC West that are going to be uh, fighting for a playoff spot. Obviously, you got probably the two 
more popular teams in the AFC North between Cincinnati and Baltimore and then Miami. We'll talk about Miami here in a minute. But I think the Patriots could still be right there fighting for for a playoff berth. I think that um, Matt Jones has lost. He has lost some of that weight. You know, everybody was talking about him, you know, being in better shape and everything. He has lost a lot of weight. He is in better shape now. Um, he is uh, the leader of that team in New England. And you really just can't, you can't count out Bill Belichick. You just can't count him out. They still have good veteran uh, leadership out there on that squad as well. So I think the Patriots could still be in the hunt for a playoff spot, definitely. Yeah, I, I think so too. I was just wondering to see, I guess like, you know, what's, what can they, what can they piece together? But yeah, I'm, I mean, Bill Belichick to me is still a goat. I mean, you know, people want to say try to question the last few things that he's done over the past couple of years, but I mean, I think you know it, it is what it is. Like, I mean, Einstein wasn't always one hundred percent right, so you are gonna get something wrong. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'll, I'll never until he's off that sideline. I probably won't ever for real count them out. Uh, I just you know just wonder if they done enough, and I'm not sure yet, but. Speaking of speaking of doing enough, uh, the Miami Dolphins. So of course they go nine and eight uh, last year, which was crazy because they started off the year one and seven, and for them to finish at nine and eight was uh, amazing that they did that. But they let go of they let go of Brian Flores, which you know we've talked about that before. But um, they making big splash moves down in Miami. You know they draft go ahead and trade for. Uh, Tyreek Hill, they pay him the money that he wants. They uh they bring in um Taron Armstead from uh from New Orleans. They get him, and then an, another signee that uh I don't think a lot of people are talked about it, but I'm uh, I looked into it for sure is the 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 signing of Teddy Bridgewater, uh just in case it doesn't work out with Tua, um. Is is this enough to where you think Miami can make that jump, or are we still trying to figure out? Is it all predicated on what Tua does? And let's just say Miami does what they did last year, where they kind of they start off one and three, one and four, and Tua is not playing well. Tyreek ain't getting. We're not seeing the Tyreek numbers that we used to seeing in Kansas City. Does the murmur start to come out, and we just go ahead and? bridge this with with Teddy and let him finish the season and we we're, we're done with Tua and we start looking for our next quarterback or do they stick it out or do you think Tua can finally make that kind of make that pivot and go into the quarterback go into the quarterback that they think that they he, that they can be for the franchise what they drafted him for I think Tua will be able to make that to make that uh make that move and if he doesn't improve this year, then Miami could definitely be looking to to move on to another quarterback. I mean, with the weapons that they have down in Miami on that offense, to not be productive and to not win is definitely going to be – he's going to take a hit on his reputation. I mean, have Tyreek Hill yeah. and Jalen Waddle, and then you still have Mike Gesicki, who to me is one of the more – Underrated tight ends. Um, he's probably the best tight end that nobody talks about in the league. 
um, in my opinion. To have him as well, you still have Xavier Howard and things of that nature. Um, and I believe that McDaniels, uh, the new the new coach, I would believe that the offense that he's going to implement is going to play to his strengths, going to play to those receivers' strengths. Not saying that they have to make the the playoffs. Like if they don't make the playoffs, then it's just is two was just a bust, and they have to move on. But to start off slow and finish how they how they did last year, I would at least they would at least, in my opinion, at least ten games. I'm saying at least probably you got to at least get ten games. Um, I think, and I, I think. <laughs> Even in the AFC, that might not be enough to even get you into the playoffs to win 10 games. That might not be enough, but you got to at least get 10 games. Look look competitive, be competitive in a lot of your games for, you know, it's going to take for people to not have the opinions and not for there not be the talks of two has got to go, uh, two was a bust. It's going to take a minute for them to gel offensively. Um, especially in live, you know, live game situations. But I like Tua. Uh, I don't like the, I don't like the notion that we have to crucify a quarterback if he doesn't perform within the first year or two. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that, that, that train of thought. Um, you got to give these time, these guys a chance to, to jump in and kind of get, their feet wet and everything, especially guys that are thrown into the fire like Tua was. Um, so this is a good opportunity for him. We'll, we'll see what he makes of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope he does the same thing. He actually does uh, pretty well because I, I really do like Tua. I don't have an issue with him at all. Um, I do I do agree with you on that. I do hate the fact that how – uh, how quick we try to, you know, judge these quarterbacks, which to to a fault, I guess to a degree, is not people's fault because you you do have those those certain instances where quarterbacks do um, show their skill sets and show how well and how good they actually can be early on very quickly. Um, but then you have some that you do have to give them time. I mean. Peyton Man is a living legend, but his rookie year was some shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? His his rookie year was his his rookie year was terrible. I mean, you know, and there there's been a few exceptions to where guys have performed their first couple of years so well, and then they just consistently been that way. Um, and I guess it's maybe where to the fact now that the media and everybody else has gotten so spoiled to where they think. You know, every, they think every every quarterback is going to come in and step in, and day one they're just going to, you know, improve uh, their rot. You know, they'll improve the roster, improve the team. You know, not every not everybody is like that. You know, and we, you just have to see it and give folks time. I mean, this is what year? This is year what year three for him? Yeah, year this three. This would be year three. Yeah, he came in with came in with Burrow and Herbert. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, you know, it's, it's is is year is year three, so I mean, you know, pretty much, I mean, he's he's right there where he needs to be with the other quarterbacks. I mean, outside of, I mean, outside of Burrow making his run that he made this past year, no, no other quarterback from that class has uh, been as successful 
as to maybe, you know, I mean, Justin Herbert, but he hasn't made the playoffs either. So no one has made the playoffs in that 2020 class besides Burrow. And that was just last year. So, I mean, in, in year two. So, you know, we, you know, it's, it's the, the, the jury is definitely still out. I just don't, you know, I hope no one tries to pull the plug on him so quickly either. I just know this, like you mentioned, that's just how the media does it for some odd reason and how fans does it. They just, everything is so microwave and they want it done right now and you know this this is gonna take a few games probably get it together it's a new coach new system new players in um just trying to figure everything out and um you know it it, it could take them a while for sure it definitely could so we don't know and they could but they could turn around to where it just like it was last year and they could be right there in the thick of things when the uh the playoffs is coming around so we just we just never know um and then ending it with the uh with the New York Jets. Obviously, uh they finished four and thirteen last year. Uh Zach Wilson showed some flashes, um, but he got hurt. Uh, but they they uh they added a couple of nice pieces in free agency. Uh they picked up CJ Uzoma from the Bengals, um, Lakeland Thomason from the 49ers, they got Jordan Whitehead from the Bucks. And um, I mean, man, to me, I don't know about you, but to me, I've never seen to where a team just nailed like they first four draft picks. I mean, these are like, I hope they turn out to be hits for them. Cause these, I mean, I, day one, the, the Jets were my day, one of my day one draft winners for sure. Um, oh, getting, yeah. getting, uh, getting a Moss house Garner at four coming back and taking, um, um, Gary Wilson at 10 and then trading up later on in the first round and taking Jermaine Johnson, and then coming back on night two in the in round two and taking Brees Hall, I mean, come, <laughs> I mean, you know, this this is this is yeah. sounding pretty good, and you know they they resigned a couple pieces, um, for them, and obviously Robert Sala has them, um, has them trending in the right direction. Uh, I mean, obviously no one's, I'm not thinking about them going like worst to first or even being in contention, but uh, they they definitely seem like that they've like vastly improved. Uh, we, we, what do you kind of really like? What would you determine a good season for the New York Jets? What's their record last year? <laughs> they, they were, they were, they were four and, yeah, they were four and thirteen last year, I, and I think they can. I think they can easily eclipse yeah. that. Anything better than that? I think for it to be a success, obviously you want to see them. If you are a Jets fan, you want to see them uh, win more games, compete. Um, better in a lot of these games. Um, you have some weapons. I mean, you have some weapons now. You went out, you got Garrett Wilson. You brought in Corey Davis last year. Yeah. And then you draft Brees Hall, like you said, running back from Iowa State. And then on defense, you draft who everybody is undoubtedly the best cornerback, arguably maybe the best def- uh, defensive player in the draft, and Sauce Gardner. And then you go get Jermaine Johnson, who, in my opinion, that was the sleeper of the whole first round. Um, a lot of people did yes, not sir. expect him to fall to fall as, as far as he did. But for the Jets to be able to go out and get him as late as they did in that first round, being able to trade up and go get him in the first round. I mean, there's talent littered all over this, this roster for Robert Sala. So just for them to... Continue to uh, show improvement for Zach Wilson to continue to show improvement. Um, take that next step. He's another guy who, once again, 
you got a lot of people kind of killing him and everything for not performing as uh, as well as they think he should have in his rookie season. So you're looking for him to take the next step and to be able to show that he can play at a high level in the NFL. Don't expect him to win the division. Don't expect them to win the uh, to make the playoffs. But could I see the Jets maybe winning six, seven games, looking more competitive, uh, being in a, in a lot more of the, their games this season? I haven't looked at their pull up their their schedule. Yeah, I mean, I. I think, I mean, they play I the think AFC, six or seven wins. Yeah, they play the AFC North, which would be tough. That's tough. Looking like they play the NFC North. That's as well. Okay. And That's... the NFC. The NFC. Where? No. Not the NFC. Where? They play the, they play the AFC and, and, North. I mean, they got the. NFC North and. And they got they play out of they play out of fourth place teams. They're so. not fourth place teams, yeah. So you got Detroit, you got Jacksonville, you got Seattle, uh, you play Chicago. So there's some winnable games. There are definitely some yeah. winnable games. They start the they start the yeah. season rough though. <laughs> they do they start the season with all four teams from the AFC North right off the gate. Ooh. Baltimore. At Cleveland, Ooh. Cincinnati at home, and then at Pittsburgh, week one through <laughs> week one through four. So they open up rough. <laughs> they do open up rough, and then they now, play Miami. Now, and they have to go to to Green Bay after. So now that's a that 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 is a that is a rough six games. They're starting out rough four to six games, but I I, I think a I think a couple of those can be winnable. Uh, I mean, yeah. like you said, we don't we don't know what's going on with Cleveland. That's week two. That's early. They might catch them slipping. Uh, you know, uh, Mr. Bisky or Kenny Pickett. Um, I, I think it's going to be Mr. Yeah, Bisky, but we don't. You know, we don't know who's going to be the quarterback in Pittsburgh. I mean, you know, it could mm-hmm. something, something could happen there. So you know, we can see. But I mean, I, I'm, I think yeah, I think six or seven games is is uh. That's a successful season, I think, for the Jets for sure, because it mm-hmm. shows that they're improving, they're competitive, um, and you know that you know they're trying to you know take their way on on and upward, and then you know we we can you know figure it out there. Um, so is the the standards from last year is that the same way you're going? Are you going Bills, Pats, Dolphins, Jets? I'm gonna go Bills. Ah. Man, why you asked me that? I'm gonna go. I think. It, I think. I think that. I think Miami could jump New England. Um, I just don't know about. I just don't know about this coach. If if Brian Flores was still coaching this team, then I would say I would go. You would swap, yeah. Dolphins, Patriots, Jets. Um, but just not knowing. I know about the pieces. I just don't know enough about McDaniel. So, yeah, I think I'm just going to go with the same order. Uh, Bills, Patriots, Dolphins, Jets. I do think that the Dolphins could uh, give both the Patriots and, and the Bills a run for their money, though. If if the Patriots end up in second place, the Patriots, if they win 11 games, maybe Miami wins 10 or whatever it is, I think it would be close. 
Um, but just with the uncertainty, not knowing anything about McDaniels, I'll have to go with that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm right there with you. If this was Florida still coaching, I would definitely swap it and say Bills, Dolphins, Pats, Jets. But I'm gonna go with the same order. I, honestly, I think I think that the Pats and Dolphins are gonna win the same amount of games. I just think that the Patriots are gonna have a better like division record or a better like conference record than the Dolphins. I think I, I think it might I think it might take them a, a few games to get it going. And then maybe by like you know week six, week seven, or I don't know. I don't, I don't know the Dolphins schedule either. Uh, but I don't know. I, but I think I'm going to go the same. I think I'm going to keep it the same as it was last year. I'm going to go Bills, Bills, Pats, Dolphins, Jets. But I think the Pats and the Dolphins have the same record. The Patriots just end up getting getting it over, like, tiebreakers and everything like that. But I do think everybody – I think everybody improves or kind of stays the same as uh, where they are, and we'll go with that. So that's a wrap on the AFC East. Um, I won't tell you what division we'll do next. It'll – we, we we won't go like in order. We might do it. We might do the the uh, NFC division the next time and just kind of switch it up and we, we'll go from there. But just kind of giving a preview and how we're looking at how the teams, you know, biggest questions and stuff like that. And then I guess try to figure out, you know, who's one through four. Uh, and then last little thing before we wrap it up here. Um, obviously, what's going on now in college football? The big news is that USC and UCLA have, um made the jump officially officially to the Big Ten starting in 2024. So uh, we already know about Texas and Oklahoma coming to the SEC soon, and now uh, there's going to be the two California teams in the Big Ten, which is going to be so damn strange. Like, can you imagine UCLA and USC having to go play Wisconsin and Iowa in like late October. <laughs> Bro, they're gonna be freezing their asses off. <laughs> well, they they gonna have to deal with it. I I have no sympathy for them. Yo, because you know, you know, you know. Usually, you know that it's not rare for Pac-12 and Big Ten teams to meet, but that's like in the Rose Bowl, and it's January, and yep. it's nice, and and the sun is out. But that's, that's now we're talking though. about. Yeah, you know, but now we talking about USC, UCLA going up to play Penn State in like late October. Boy, dude, hey man, hey, it get, hey, it get. Look, I, I, I'm up here. You know, we, we, we. Yeah, you know it. You know it, bro. And it's like you know, we, we, we are. You know, we SEC dudes at heart, but I think we we can say that we respect we respect the Big Ten because it's probably the next best conference in college football. Outside of the SEC, I mean, it's it's heavy hitters there, bro. Like Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Wisconsin. Uh, I mean, and, and that's that's recently. And then you got to think about like history wise. There's you know there's Nebraska and 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 uh, uh, just I mean a whole you know Iowa. You know, yeah. it's just like where it's a whole bunch of it's a whole bunch of teams out there that's you know uh, uh that's uh. Just respectfully, a lot better in the Big Ten than it is in the Pac-12 from top to bottom. So, I, I, I hope, I hope them California boys, man, they, they, they come with them, they come with the hard hats, and, and I, I mentioned it in the group chat, and I know, I know you're not a fan of it right now, bro, but the, 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 the super conferences are coming, bro. It's on the way. I know, I know you don't like it, but it's, it's on the way, bro. It's on the way. Yeah. It's, this is what's, this is what's gonna happen, bro. It's gonna end up to where it's just gonna be four. It's just going to be four super conferences. You put 16 teams 
in those super conferences. And look, what's going to happen is, bro, some of those Power 5 teams are going to get left out. I don't even know if some of them are going to stay in the same. Somehow, I bet this is, you know, it's already, what, it's already 14. It's already 14 in the SEC. When Texas and Oklahoma come, that makes it 16. So they, they're, they, that's their super conference already. It's done. The Big Ten is what? They're now at what? Uh, be they already, they already at thirteen at or fourteen themselves, ain't it? Who that? How many they I got now? Twelve. I believe it's twelve now. I mean, getting them too. It's twelve now. So when you add when you adding in SC and UCLA, that's gonna be fourteen. They'll probably get two more somewhere to make there. Uh, the ACC, I think, is at fourteen, so they might end up getting two more teams to probably make it sixteen, and then probably what's gonna happen is whoever's left from the Pac twelve or Pac whatever they're gonna call themselves, and probably whatever's left of the Big Twelve, they'll probably just merge together and make their sixteen, uh, and, and figure it out there. And it's gonna be some. It's probably gonna be some power five teams left out of that, and it, it's gonna be super. Con- it's just gonna be super conferences, bro. I I know you don't like the sound of that, but that's that's just where it's leading to. So the Big Ten has fourteen right now. They got fourteen right now. Yeah, when they they they're fourteen, so they were at twelve, and then when they added Maryland and Rutgers, it took them to fourteen. To fourteen. Okay, so when the SCLA um, comes, UCLA comes. That's sixteen now. That's sixteen. That's 16. So it's it's it's, not, it's it's heading that way, bro. Yeah, it's it's on a couple different levels, man. Where I really, I just, I don't like it. Uh, one of kind of just, I guess you say the more just surface level uh, for me is just the basic. It doesn't make sense <laughs> geography wise. Yeah, geography wise, it just does not make sense for two teams in. Southern California, not even Northern California, where it might get a little cold, like Fresno or something, in Southern California <laughs> to join a conference that is that is played in the Midwest. Once again, I am in Ohio. I am two hours away from Ohio State. I'm probably four, maybe five hours away from Penn State. Ann Arbor ain't nothing but four hours away. I'm in it. I am in the Big Ten country. Right in the thick of it. It is cold up here. Bump November, mid-October. Yeah. Mid-October. It starts to get a little spicy out here. So just pure geography, it doesn't make any sense for me to travel I mean, you're talking about USC having to travel all the If they got it, like you mentioned, Penn State, Rutgers is farther than that. Rutgers is in New Jersey. Yeah. So New Jersey, if yeah. I'm, if I'm UCLA, I got to go all the way to New Jersey to play a game all the way across, literally all the way across the country, or vice versa. If I'm Penn State, I got to go out and play UCLA all the way across the country, at least with Texas and Oklahoma. And I don't like them coming to the SEC either. But at least with Texas and Oklahoma, you can make an argument that at least geographically it makes a little sense. Just a little bit. For Texas, maybe more so than Oklahoma. Yeah. But you can at least say that it makes a little bit more sense uh, geographically. So that's the first part. The second part, 
I'm just, I don't like, I just, I do not like these because I don't like these super conferences because to me it's money grabs. And that's all it is. We know what's going on. We know what it is. Yeah. You see, you, USC, yeah. UCLA joining the Big Ten is them saying the Pac, the Pac-12 hasn't had a representative in the college. We just talking football. We don't, not any other sport. The Pac-12 has not have a representative in the college football playoff since, well, Oregon in, in 2014. Or no, I'm, I'm sorry, Washington in 2015. So since Washington in 2015, yeah, that's, that's the last time. time that's the last time the Pac-12 has had a representative in the college football playoff. Now, you just got like Lincoln Riley there, so you would assume that he's going to get USC back on track and they'll be able to win the Pac-12 here eventually and get into the playoff. But the Pac-12 hasn't had a representative. The Big Ten is always in it. The Big 12, like I mean, the Big Ten, like you just said, excuse me, is a tougher conference from top to bottom. There are more heavy hitters in this conference, so we're going to go play with them. The money aspect of it, I just, I don't like it. I do not like it. I don't. That, not to say that they're running from competition because there's really not a lot of competition in in the Pac-12. If you want to be quite honest with you, there are some good teams out there, but just like I said, comparing them to the Big Ten, it just doesn't make sense. But like you said, they better bring their hard hat. Like this is not. Pac-12 football is spread out, throw the ball all over the yard. You have teams like Stanford that are running, uh, that are a little more smash mouth. Utah's a little more smash mouth. But for just in general, the the Pac-12 is a spread, is a spread up-tempo style of pace. The Big Ten is not that. When you gotta come out here and you gotta play Iowa and you gotta play Nebraska, and you got to play Minnesota, and you got to play Ohio State and Michigan State. These teams that are going to rock Penn State, they're going to show up with two tight ends, three tight ends, two like these big personnel. Like, this is like it's a whole different ball game. And so, the competitive factor for me with them moving in there, I don't, I mean, they could, I don't see them win the Big Ten anytime soon just because they will have the style of play that they will have to grow accustomed to it's going to be too tough it's going it's going to be rough for them to be able to out the gate jump out and be able to compete with you ohio state and michigan and penn state to be able to compete for those big 10 those big 10 championships so it's i just i think the purest in me man i don't have a lot of that but i think just the purest in just college football keeping uh, keeping these conferences the same, like it all making sense is to me is just uh, uh, it's, it's driving me crazy, man. It's driving me crazy. I already didn't like really yeah. when Texas A&M and Missouri joined uh, joined the SEC back in 2014. That was already like <laughs> yeah. that was already like man. This is like this is too much. And so now, yeah, you know, with all this going on and talking super conferences, I don't even know what. I, I would imagine, I guess the Big 12 would be the other conference. So what would be the third conference? Like, I mean, or the fourth one, excuse me, if you had the, I guess the ACC. So Big 12. Yeah, Big yeah, it would be the ACC. ACC. I guess, yeah. man. I don't know. In a minute, the well, ACC I mean, needs to, need to make some moves because in a minute, they'll be, they're going to be the weakest, <laughs> they'll be the weakest conference. Um, 
But who knows? The way it's going, Oregon could join the ACC. Like, so you like, you know, I don't, you know, I don't it's know. It's funny. Hey, it's it's funny you say that about Oregon, but I'm gonna I'm gonna just piggyback real quick about with you see uh, you see the Southern California teams going to the Big Ten. Not only that, it's not even just like the the style of play, the atmospheres, bro. Like I just to me, I just feel like nobody nobody in the Pac-12 like atmosphere stands out outside of. Uh, okay, Utah has a, has a, like a, a pretty ruckus crowd, but I feel like, and I mean maybe Oregon. I feel like outside of those teams, nobody else just has like their ruckus. Like, yeah. hey, get hey, ready when you come here. This is gonna be a long. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, yeah. think like think about it, bro. The big house, even when Michigan is struggling, the big house is always gonna be full. Penn, when Penn State go all white, it's a wrap. Come on now, oh. the horse. Come on, Ohio State with the horseshoe, bro. Iowa, Wisconsin, Nebraska. Even though Nebraska ain't what they used to be, just those environments is gonna be different than what they accustomed to out west and, and going to the Pac-12. And it's just like you said. And then the style of play. To me, the only they not even really a finesse team either. But I guess the closest finesse team you could really say is Ohio State because they can spread it out. But at the same time, they can spread it out. They can go three tight ends on you as well. So. I don't know. They they better get ready. But the the whole super conference thing is funny. You said that about Oregon going to the ACC. There's a guy here I'm seeing on Instagram how he already has it mapped out. So he has it to where which I think this is what's gonna change it too is probably what Notre Dame does. Notre Dame's already playing ACC team, so they might as well just stop being independent and go ahead and join the ACC. Yeah, and make I agree it 15. Just just go ahead and make it 15 and join the ACC in football. And this this here has Oregon joining the ACC. So then the ACC would have Virginia, Virginia Tech, Notre Dame, Oregon, Syracuse, Louisville, Boston College, Pitt, uh, Florida State, Georgia Tech, Clemson, Duke, Miami, Wake, Wake Forest, North Carolina, North Carolina State. The Big Ten got their 16, got the 16 when they add in UCLA and USC. The SEC is going to have their 16 once they add in Texas and Oklahoma. So what they got here is adding in a mix of from the Pac-12 and the Big 12. Uh, they're taking Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado from the Pac-12, it seems like. And then they got Texas Tech, BYU, TCU, Baylor, Houston, Cincinnati, UCF, West Virginia, Iowa State, Kansas, Kansas State, Oklahoma State to form that. And see, there's some teams that's missing out of that. We didn't mean there, we didn't mention no Stanford, no uh Washington or Washington State. So it's like some of these teams are getting left out and they saying four, four 16 mega conferences, seven division games plus two rotating conference games, three out of conference games, two best records played in the conference championship, conference winners go on to the college football playoff. That's probably how it's going to end up going here. And because I think the ACC is about to do away with conferences here soon anyway. Uh, so I, it sucks, but because to me, I, I'm kind of right there with you to a certain extent. I'm like a purist on it, but I, I guess that's just that's, that's where it's going. So then I, I'll pose this question. If you do that, so you do the four mega conferences and – Obviously, the four winners make the playoff. Do you keep it at, in my opinion, if you're doing that, you might as well just keep the playoff at four teams. 
there's really no need in expanding it to six. Expanding it, yeah. There's yeah. no reason to. If you're going to if you're going to form these four super conferences and the four winners of those conferences make the playoff, what's the point? Everybody is in the in the same conference. Everybody's playing yeah. everybody anyway. So what's the point of yeah. having it ain't, it's, it's not gonna be a point of trying to extend it now. Yeah. There's no there's gonna be in my opinion, there's no point of extending it because if let's say if Alabama wins the SEC and Oklahoma says, Well, yeah, Alabama won it, but we won eleven games, we only lost to Alabama, we have we should have a chance, we should have the opportunity to, to play for a national championship. Who you gonna put them in over? You gonna put them in over the other three conference champions? You can't do that. If you make conferences, yeah, like you form these big conferences, the four the four winners should be the four winners, and that's it. They're the ones that make the playoff, and that's it. Right. Oklahoma shouldn't be able to say, right. "Well, our record is better is better than a uh, than a I don't know a, a nine and four ACC champion." Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, whoever, yeah, whoever it might be. A nine and four, just say a nine and four Clemson team that wins their conference. Nah, you don't get that say. You don't get that say. So if that happens, then that's what I would. That's what makes sense in my head. But once again, you know, we'll see. They they still could expand it to six or to eight, which I think would be. I think eight would be too much, uh, in my opinion. But yeah. you know, who knows? So that that plays a part in it as well. Uh, it, it's it's going to open a it's going to open Pandora's box. There's going to be a lot of things that's going to have to be talked about if this happens. Facts, facts, man. I mean, I think I think the last thing before we wrap it up is just something that we mentioned and we asked before amongst amongst our little group of friends, bro. Is this you know? Which I I got your answer, but we, we're putting on record. Uh, what what has hurt college football the most? Is it the transfer portal, the the NIL deals, or the conference realignment? I am, I believe that the transfer portal and NIL deals have are just about a tie. A conference realignment, I would say, really hasn't hurt it because this is something that's just now starting to become a real thing. It's just now beginning to happen. So we'll see down the line how that affects college ball. But just out the gate, I would say probably the transfer portal edges the NIL deals just because of the the impact that it has on high school recruiting and these guys deciding where they want to go to school. Um, and I'm, I won't go too far or go too long about this because we've talked about it before, but you got these guys who are in school, which I'm a proponent of being able to transfer um, when, you know, for whatever reason, uh, coaches can up and leave and get a new job and do what they need to do, especially being on, I've been on both sides of it now as a player, as a coach, when the coach decide you know he need you he wants to leave for a better job or whatever it is um he can do that and a player should be able to do that as well um i like the fact that they're able to go and find a better 
uh, situation if need be, but that has caused high school recruiting um, to take a major hit. You have high schoolers now who are not getting recruited. Um, and the top guys are always going to get recruited. Let's not, we're not going to play stupid. The best guys, the best high schoolers in the country are always going to be recruited. But you have some of those guys that might, that might have gotten a power five division, you know, a power five uh, offer or even just a division offer, whether it be group of five or power five, who might miss out now because a team like UT Chattanooga has 12 transfers coming in and they have to give those guys scholarships. They got guys coming in from Auburn and Georgia Tech and here and there. They're going to give those guys that scho- those scholarships versus a high schooler who have to wait to develop for, you know, a year, two years, three years, potentially. Um, so I think the transfer portal has definitely hurt college football the most. The NIL stuff is definitely a close second because it does affect high school recruiting sense of now instead of guys choosing to go to a school because they like, they really like the school. Um, they feel like home and the coaches and everything like that. A lot of it now is who can get me the most money? Where can I go get paid the most? So um, that's a close second, but I'll go with the transfer portal. Mm, it, it's it's tough for me too because I'm kind of stuck between the transfer portal and NILs. I'm, I'm right there with you. Conference realignment really isn't an issue to me. It's weird. But it really isn't an issue to me knowing if you honestly, if you go back to the history of college football, conference realignment has been going on for for forever. You know, the the teams that's in the SEC now hasn't always been in the SEC. Same thing, vice versa for plenty of other conferences. So conference realignment has been a thing for forever. Uh, it's just kind of always stayed in somewhat kind of geographical. You know, it's always been in like mm-hmm. a region, the area for it. So. Now the way it's coming, it's a little strange. But conference, yeah, conference realignment has always been that's that's always been going on. It's been a trickle down effect, obviously from top to bottom. But I'm a I'm I'm a, I'm going with the transfer portal to being was was hurt at the worst, just because was hurt. I'm saying transfer portal has hurt college football the worst, um, just because you know a guy come a guy you know kid comes in and. You know, he's thinking, well, you know, they've done all this for me and they've said all this and I, I come in and it's not going my way. And the minute it's not going my way, I want to go ahead and transfer, hit the transfer portal. Instead of, you know, sometimes it's okay to maybe wait, you know, a year or two and you go for it from there. But some guys thinking, well, you know, no, I want to go ahead and play my freshman year. And then they play their freshman year and it's not boding well for them and it's, they don't like it there anymore. And, they're not treated the same or, you know, whatever, you know, you, you've seen them more than I have, you know, being in the inside of a, a, a D1 locker room. So, you know, exactly like what I'm saying, but uh, they do that and then they get ready to transfer. They want to go ahead and transfer, hit the portal. And it's just seen. And then it's like, oh, if it ain't working there, then I'm going to transfer again. And I'm going to transfer again. And it's just like, okay, Tate Martell, like, golly, what you, <laughs> maybe it's just not, you know, it's just not working. I mean, the NIL is like new because, I'm not a it's bad because in a way it kind of goes hand in hand with the transfer portal because when they get ready to transfer now, they can throw in these NIL deals to get people to transfer too. Um, not only just bringing in the recruits, 
uh, from like mm-hmm. the high school recruits, but that 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 kind of goes hand in hand for sure. But the, the I'm not too upset about the NIL deals just because you think about just all the previous like you know notable like star athletes and what happened with them and how they get in trouble for this and this just for you know simple stuff and it's just like or you know stuff for this and this but you know coaches can do this or boosters can do this and that and it's just like then when they do it it's it's a problem so it's like I'm fine to a certain extent on like how these guys can get these you know name image and likeness deals and you know make them a a a nice little you know amount of change while they you know going through the stuff that you have to go through as a uh a kid in college you know we we both know how that is so it it is it is with that but i do think the transfer portal is definitely the worst thing that's hurt college football just because you just every it's like it's, it seems like it's at a like it's at a higher more notable higher clip than what it used to normally be i know transfers for sure happen happens all the time but i just feel like now it's just so much at a at a clip to where the minute something doesn't go right to where it's something to where it could be fixed possibly. They just like, I hate it here. I don't want to be here no more. I'm transferring. I'm putting my name in the transfer portal. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, I don't wanna I don't wanna wait till my junior year and I can end up working and end up being like the starter here. I wanna go somewhere else so I can end up being the starter as a sophomore or a freshman and do what I gotta do now and get into a new environment and all that stuff like that. So I I do think it's uh it's definitely it's definitely transfer portal. It's like it's one A one B transfer portal nil deals because it's it is getting crazy. Um, I don't think conference realignment is really just such a big issue because, like I said, that's been going on from time and time and time and time again. Because now the way that these conference realignments happening now, we're about to start seeing some rivalries that we haven't seen in a while. Like you know Texas and Texas A and M is gonna start back playing. Um. You know, that's just just the name Oklahoma, of Oklahoma, Texas, and then Arkansas. Yeah, Arkansas, Arkansas Texas. Arkansas, Texas Arkansas, you know, yeah, yeah, some of those, you know, some of those older rivalries will start to come back now. And so, you know, it's 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 not a it, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just weird as hell. I I mean, no other way to put yeah. it. Uh, but definitely, the, the transfer portal is the the worst. I just saw something. Uh, Says Oregon and Washington have been put on hold by the Big Ten while they wait to hear what Notre Dame will do. That's the key. I'm, honestly, but I'm telling you, the key is what yeah. Notre Dame. Notre Dame is not going to be independent anymore. They're going to have to join uh-huh. a conference, or they're going or they're going to get left out of a lot of stuff because oh yeah, it's not. It's, they won't be able to play anybody. Yeah, they won't be able to play anybody. Won't be able to play anybody. They they they'll have to do a way of trying to make them the exception of the rule. Because obviously every time that they are winning, that 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 takes away a conference <laughs> when you think yeah. about it. Because it's just because it's like oh they made they somehow somebody throw them in there to make them an exception of the rule to where it's just like it's it's five power conferences and then Notre Dame and then if Notre Dame does something that's taking away a spot between two conferences. Now we got to decide on do you want a a two loss Pac twelve champion or or a two loss. Big 12 champion, like trying to figure out who's going to get that last spot because Notre Dame went 11 1 or 12 0 or whatever. And yeah. then, you know, that auto- that's automatically putting them in the playoff for, to where they're going to get dusted by 21 points again in the semis. And <laughs> it's, a, it's a yeah. waste. And 
Marcus Freeman might get them on the right path, though. So I'm a, I'm gonna I'm gonna be fair to know. I'm gonna be fair to know today. I'm gonna give them a fair shot. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, but like, like it's, it's definitely all. It's it's definitely all predicated on what Notre Dame does. They they have to the big t- they have to the Big Ten or the or the ACC. They have to join one of those. They can't they can't sit here and be independent much longer. It's I think once they figure out or once they go ahead and decide that we're not going to be independent anymore, and they make a, a bid or application to join a conference, I think that's when the domino effect will start, and then we is at that point it's all foregone conclusion. Super conferences, mega conferences, whatever you want to call it, it's it's coming, right? It's really yeah. depending on what another dame's gonna do. No doubt, no doubt. As much as I don't like it, no doubt. It, yeah, it's it's just so strange because, like like in anything with with college football, it's a trickle down effect. Then you start thinking about those other conferences, like the AAC, you know, like the American, the the uh, the Sun USA, at this I don't, I don't I don't even bro I don't even know how many teams is gonna be in Conference USA once I couldn't Marshall I couldn't tell you who's in it right now. <laughs> Once Marshall and all of them like leave for the Sun Belt, like once Marshall Rice and all and and Charlotte and all them folks leave for the Sun Belt and and the American, like I don't I don't, I don't know who's left in conference. Yeah, USA. It, it's it's to the point they to. might have to just go ahead and disband it and blow it up and just let these teams go somewhere else or something. It's just that's what they end up a, having to do because I can I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you who's left in there, man. I couldn't tell you at all. <laughs> I couldn't tell you at all. Yeah, bro. Time, times are definitely it's definitely changing in the world and in college football, bro. It's it's, mm-hmm. it's it's gonna be it's odd to see, but that's that's where we that's where we at now. It's the future. I'm right there with you, bro. I don't a hundred percent like it myself. I feel like. I feel like the way it was, I feel like the way it was before Texas A&M and Missouri came in 2012, I think it was fine the way it was, bro. I think it was fine the way it was. Everybody had 10 to 12 teams. I just feel like it was a healthy, that was, it was, that was a healthy, like, perfect balance of, College football. You just have, yeah, you had more parity and just, just it was out, oh, yeah. And now it's just yeah, because it now it's just kind of like it's 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 kind of like five six teams and everybody else, and then somebody might pop out out of nowhere here. But now it's just whatever. We'll but, we'll just have to see. We'll just have to see what happens. Let's go from there. Most most definitely. Most definitely. But we're gonna go ahead and get ready and wrap it up, bro. I, this this is a this one is a kind of lengthy one, but we man, we had to. You know, it's it had been a minute. We had a lot to cover, a lot to get ground on for sure. Uh man, but like always, bro, any any last words you got to say, any shout outs you wanna give? Always shout out to uh, Lord Savior, man, for giving us another opportunity to come and do this again. It's always great to be be on the podcast. I'm glad that we're back. 
we're back on it uh, with another season. We got football right around the corner. Um, big shout out to uh, Golden State Warriors for winning the NBA Finals, like you mentioned earlier, Sanders. Happy, happy for uh, for Steph, uh, Draymond. Really happy for Klay Thompson. Um, I, I like Klay Thompson a lot, so I'm happy that they were able to get back and um, and win it again. I know he didn't perform as well as he might have liked to, but they got back and, and they took care of business. Um, we always just continue to, to to be safe, continue to stay healthy, continue to um, do the necessary things. You know, work out, eat right, all those all those good things. Uh, take care of yourself, healthy as well. I know that's kind of throwing out a lot, but healthy as well. So please take care of yourselves. Continue to uh, tell you tell your friends and family that you love them, that you care about them. Um, life is short. I know we you know we've been seeing it, especially over these past two years, man. Uh, people that have been you know losing you know been passing away, losing their lives, whether it be celebrities all around, just to to people that we know. So continue to let your your loved ones know that you do love them and care about them any chance you get and continue to strive um, and seek seek your purpose, seek your seek what you're supposed to do in this life and once you figure that out um, go for it as hard as you can to the best of your ability Man, yes, sir. Man, like, like you said, bro, for sure, big shout out to, to the man upstairs. Of course, without him, none of this is possible. Man, shout out to you to always uh, making time, bro, to, to link up with me to do this. Uh, I, I appreciate you for sure to the to the utmost, bro. I really do. Uh, excuse me. Uh, man, yeah, shout out to everybody um, that always listening in. I know it, it's been a while uh, for sure. Uh, so we definitely... Uh, we're gonna definitely try to make sure we get out a, a, a bunch of snippets from this episode just to just to put it out there. So we we might give it another couple of weeks or so before we give it do another podcast just because we gave y'all so much on this one. Uh, we'll, we'll do that for you. But man, continue to support support the podcast, bro. Follow us on our Instagrams and on our Twitters um, uh, page for it uh, as well. Um, man. Uh, Man, love black women, protect black women, cherish black women, women in general, because uh, it's crazy out here. These, these, fuck it, I'm gonna go ahead yeah. and say it, man. These old ass, these old ass white men trying to tell y'all what to do with y'all bodies and everything. And honestly, bro, it's, it's just, it's just, it's not cool. You know what I'm saying? And um, it's, it's, it's sad. It's sad that we got to deal with stuff like this. Um, so, uh, every woman, uh, you know. I, I don't know the demographics who actually, you know, tune in and listen to the podcast. But, man, if you play it, if uh, your fellas, if you play this around your girl or your girl, his, or any women in sports that's listening and everything, man, we su- we supporting y'all for sure. A hundred percent. We think no that, doubt. you know, we, we we just think nobody should, you know, that's they don't have to go through what y'all go through. Should tell y'all what y'all should do with y'all bodies. And it ain't even necessarily just about uh the the a word ain't even just about that it's just a it's just the fact of respecting you know privacy and decisions like you know no one's trying to tell no one tells them like what they do what they can and can't do so why should they do that to y'all but that's another story for another day uh but i just had to get that out there so for sure um, you know at the end of the day though no means no no means no 
You know, at the end of the day, it is the summertime. You know what I'm saying? I know we all out at pool parties and, and uh, you know, beaches, <laughs> vacation. It's, it's sundress season and everything like that, man. But, hey, at the end of the day, no means no, bro. Just just, just remember right that. Up. Just remember that. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, c- continue to like and support the podcast, bro. Uh, subscribe to it, whether have you get your podcast on Apple, uh, Apple, Google, Spotify. If you listen to it on SoundCloud, we appreciate you as well. Uh, man, I always tell a friend. Tell you know when when you listen to an episode, tell them to keep listening. Go back and listen to other episodes, and and you'll be crazy. I promise, if you go back and listen to certain episodes, you'll be crazy to see how like we discuss something and how sometimes, bro. You know, me or you or both of us, we just hey, we be spot on sometimes, bro. The stuff to be happening, yeah. G. And now, hey, I'm telling you, you know, we look now. But I'm hey, I'm a you know, we just I just had to toot our had to toot our own horn real quick for that <laughs> one for sure. I feel it. Um, it's all good. But uh, man, we 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 really do appreciate it, bro. We definitely gonna get ready here to uh, uh, come back out and keep keep creating more episodes, uh, more content. Um, we we ain't forgot, bro. We still uh, we still working on trying to get you know um actually you know some more guests on. Um, might end up getting to a point where uh we can start doing this uh with the video as well to where you it could you know get posted on YouTube and everything for folks to catch it that way because you know some people may not have Spotify or you know the Apple podcast on their stuff or Google podcast or don't want to pay for SoundCloud or anything like that. So uh um you know we definitely that's definitely all in the works. Uh but but we do appreciate the ones who who are fine with what we're doing now and loving what we're doing. Uh we we appreciate you as well. Um so until next time, man, this has been another episode of the Easy Money Sports Podcast. Peace.